Well, tonight we're back in Romans chapter number 5. Once again, Romans chapter number 5. We're looking at the benefits of justification by faith. We've seen in chapters 3 and 4 that the only way that any sinner can be justified is by grace through faith, not by works, not by keeping the law. And we saw that both Abraham and David were justified by faith. And in chapter 5, the Apostle Paul tells of the benefits belonging to every believer from having been justified by faith. And justified means declared righteous. We've been declared righteous by the Lord Jesus Christ's blood. And what a blessing that is. I don't think I'm going to take time to read all 11 verses again. We'll, we'll be dealing with all 11 verses. Uh, we, I, we, we dealt with the first two verses here last week as we saw three benefits. We saw that the justified have peace with God. And what a blessing that is. The state of being reconciled with God when we were formerly enemies of God. Now we are at peace with God. What a blessing that is. Then we said that the justified have access to God, according to verse number 2. Our new standing in Christ now gives us a blessed privilege not experienced either by Jew or Gentile in the, in the Old Testament. Uh, we, are, we are one in Christ. He's purchased our peace, and we are one in Him, and we ha- both have access to God and what another blessing that is and then we said the justified have the hope of the glory of God the blessed hope that we're looking for justification alone makes the blessed hope of the believer a reality and a glorious anticipation it alone guarantees the delights of heaven and tonight we're going to look at five more benefits Lord willing beginning in verse number three but let's read verse verse one two and three shall we says, therefore, with being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but notice this, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. First of all, we see there in verse 3, the very first part, the justified have the ability to triumph in trouble. Now I'm going to tell you, said we glory in tribulations. That's triumphing in trouble. And we know this life is full of trouble. No one in this life escapes trouble fully. At some point in time, you're going to have you're going to run across trouble in your life. If you haven't run across it yet, thank the Lord for that, because you, you you're liable to face it tomorrow. But Job 14 verse 1 says, "Man that is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble." And even after we're saved, we're not exempt from the troubles of this life. Jesus told his disciples in John 16:33 before he uh, uh, left this earth, he said, "These these things have I, I have spoken unto you that in me ye might have peace." He says, "In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer; I have overcome the world." Now, Paul told Timothy these words as he pointed to his own personal persecutions and afflictions in this life. 
he he told Timothy, he said, Timothy, you're aware of the persecutions and afflictions that I faced. And he said in the next verse, in 2 Timothy 3.12, he says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. So just uh, bank on it. If you're planning on living right, living godly, uh, you're going to face some adversity in this life. You're going to face some persecution. You're going to face some trials and afflictions. So the question is this. Can justification stand up under the withering blast of troubles that we may face in this world? And the answer to that is yes, it can. Uh, turn a few pages over to Romans chapter number 8. Romans chapter number 8. And some, uh, some of my favorite verses uh, that we're going to take a look at here. Uh, Romans chapter 8, verse number 35. Verse 35 says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And, and that, that there, the answer to that question is nothing. And that's what he tells you in the next few verses here. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? He asks the question, Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. He's, a, he's acknowledging that there's, there are troubles and trials in this life. Verse 37, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Uh, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of a God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, uh, to answer the question, can, can justification stand up under the withering blast of troubles? Oh yes, indeed it can. In fact, there can be a triumphant joy and joyful triumph in the midst of our troubles in this life. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 1 and verse number 6 gives us a, a paradox. This is one of the many paradoxes of, of the faith. Listen to 1 Thessalonians 1, 6. It says, And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word, listen, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. Huh? Don't seem like those two things go together, does it? To affliction and joy but he put them together right there in that sentence we having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost look at 1st Peter chapter 1 1st Peter chapter 1 and let's look at what Peter had to say about uh, this matter of trials uh, he's speaking to folks who were going through some great trials <clears throat> in fact uh in 1 Peter chapter number 1, uh, let's begin with, with verse 5. I really want to pay attention to verse 7 and 8, but just to get the context here. Verse number 5, he talks about that we're kept, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in last time. Wherein you greatly rejoice. We, we rejoice in our salvation, don't we? We do. Uh, though now for a season, if need be, he says, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations there's the troubles but look at verse 7 that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth though it be tried with fire 
might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, ye love, and whom, though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Again, they were going through great trial of their faith, but yet we see them rejoicing with joy unspeakable. We just sang about that a little while ago, joy unspeakable and full of glory. This is where that comes from. Ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. What a blessing. So there can be triumphant joy and joyful triumph in troubles. The result of this experience for the believer is a manifestation in this life of three things. Look back at our, at our text. I hope you'll uh, keep a hold of, of Romans chapter number 5 because we'll be referring back to it uh, quite often in this message. Look at uh, uh, verse number 3 again. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. And here, here, here's, he says, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. Say so the result of this experience for the believer is a manifestation in his life of these three things. Patience. This is speaking of endurance or patiently enduring. You know, we're to patiently endure when troublesome times come our way. Patience brings forth experience. Uh, this is speaking of proven character. It develops our character as we, as we are patient in suffering. Uh, it brings about character in our lives and, and then uh, that brings forth experience. Experience brings forth hope. Uh, the final result, there's hope that does not disappoint. Again, look at Romans chapter number 8. Look at verse number 24 and 25 here. Romans 8 uh, verse 24 and 25 where he says, For we are saved by hope but hope that is not seen is not hope. For what a man hope, uh, seeth, why doth he yet hope for it? But if, but if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. You ever, you ever seen heaven? None of us have. We just haven't. Do you have a hope for it? We certainly do, don't we? We have a sure hope. We have a wonderful hope in the Lord Jesus Christ and troubles should not weaken the believer, but rather strengthen the believer. As we suffer, we, do, we develop steadfastness or endurance, and that endurance and steadfastness deepens our character. A deepened, tested character results in hope, which is a confidence that God will see us through as believers. I want us to see this in several of the Psalms. Look at Psalm 40 and verse number 1. Psalm 40 and verse number 1. A deepened, tested character results in hope, uh, which is a confidence that God will see us through as believers. And here we see the psalmist David talks about waiting patiently uh, uh, for the Lord. He says, uh, verse number 1, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and has set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust and respecteth not the proud, 
nor such as turn aside to lies. And I, I think about the uh, 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 that about David's life for a minute. David, uh, he was expecting that the Lord was going to bring him into the kingship. Uh, he had been, he had been told as much. He had already been anointed to be king over Israel. But did it happen immediately? It didn't, did it? Did he, did he go through some trials while he was waiting for that? I mean, he was having to do, uh, play dodge the spear with, uh, with Saul uh, and uh, Saul's men uh, tr- trying to, to keep from uh, t- having his life taken away. But he had full confidence. He waited on the Lord. He didn't uh, jump ahead of God. He knew God would put him where he promised to put him in uh, God's time. Look at uh, Psalm 42. Psalm 42 uh, says, As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night, while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? And when I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me, for I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise with the multitude that kept holy day. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. O my soul, my soul, O my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan and of the Hermonites from the hill of Mizar. Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy waterspouts. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. And in the night his song shall be with me, and my prayer unto the God of my life. I will say unto, unto God, my rock, why hast thou forgotten me? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a sword in my bones, mine enemy reproached me while they say daily with me, Where is thy God? Can you, can you feel that persecution that was coming his way? And he encouraged himself in the Lord here in verse number 11. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. For I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. He encouraged himself to hope in God. And when we're going through difficult times, we need to do the same thing. Uh, encourage ourselves with the hope uh, uh, that we have in God. Look at uh, Psalm 46 for just a minute. Psalm 46. It says, God is our refuge and present, uh, refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, Though the waters thereof roar and and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the great swelling thereof, any of those things would cause you to fear, wouldn't they? (laughs) He said, we're not going to fear. Because God is our refuge and strength. He said, and he uh, he does that. And you read in this psalm, look at the verse number 10. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The, the God of Jacob is our refuge. A fifth thing back in our uh, text there, uh, let's take a look at verse number 5. Not only does uh, 
Tribulation work patience, and patience work experience, and experience worketh hope. But this hope maketh not ashamed, is what he says there in verse number 5, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Now, uh, for two things I want us to get out of this. First of all, the love of God is made real to us, who are the justified, by the Holy Ghost. In other words, the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. Hope will never disappoint us or let us down or cause us shame because in the very time of ridicule, the very love of God is made real to us by the Holy Spirit within us. He, the Holy Spirit has taken up residence within and He encourages us that as we have believed uh, that the promises of God in us are yea and amen. Uh, this gives us inward stability and bliss. Look at uh, verse number 6 through 9 there. He says, For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then. Don't you like that? Much more than? Much more than being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. Um, the, the, uh, we have uh, the, been justified. We who are justified have also God's gift of His Holy Ghost or His Holy Spirit living within. Not only is the love of God made real, but we've got that gift of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit has taken up residence in our life. He alone can make a reality of the love of God for us in Christ. Understand that the indwelling work of the Holy Spirit in the believer is His peculiar work in this age of the church. Um, no other time uh, was man indwelt that were believers, and sometimes the Holy Spirit would come on for and empower people for certain things. He would come and indwell maybe an individual, but it was never a general thing. Now, those who are saved by God's grace, everyone that is saved by God's grace is indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God, and this indwelling work of the Holy Spirit and the believer is peculiar to this age in which we live. Aren't we blessed of the Lord to be able to have His indwelling presence? Now, John 14, verse 17 says, Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth Him not, neither knoweth Him, but ye know Him, for He dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. Uh, listen, there are several different things I want us to see about the Holy Spirit. Look at Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. I want you to realize that the Holy Spirit is the one that seals us. Well, what is a seal anyway? A seal is a sign of ownership. Let's take a look here at uh, Ephesians 1 and verse number 12 through 14. And it tells us this, this thing of what the Holy Spirit has done for us in this uh, great work of His sealing ministry. It says uh, that we should be to the praise, verse 12, that we should be to the praise of His glory who first trusted in Christ and whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also, notice this, after ye believed, ye were sealed, there it is, with that Holy Spirit of promise 
which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. We see the Holy Spirit seals us. The seal is a sign of ownership and security. Uh, we are sealed, meaning that we're, we're preserved, we're kept, we're protected. What a blessing that is. But also he says here that uh, that, that Spirit is the earnest. Um, it's the down payment of our inheritance. We, we have that down payment. It's ours. It's God's assurance that, hey, I'm coming back to redeem the rest. I'm coming back to, to uh, take this home with me. It's a re- redemption of the purchased possession and to the praise of His glory. So uh, the Holy Spirit seals us. We see also the Holy Spirit desires to fill us. Look at Ephesians chapter number 5. Ephesians chapter number 5 and look at verse number 18 through 21 here. Ephesians 5 verse number 18 it says, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. It's very obvious that there's some things we ought not to be filled with. Wine is one of those things. <laughs> uh, but we are to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He says, Speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and uh, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always uh, for all things unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of of God. Now, anything that our life is filled with cannot help but influence our lives, right? I had an uncle, I'm not going to call his name, but I had an uncle that I grew up with that uh, he, uh, he, he loved to drink. Thank the Lord he was able, he got saved and uh, gave up the drink, drink prior to his death. He is in heaven. Uh, he's saved by God's grace, but there was a time there in his young uh, life before he was saved that uh, uh, alcohol just got the best of him. And uh, just about every time you would see him, he was filled with alcohol. And when you would see him filled with alcohol, alcohol had control over him. And that's why one of the reasons why it says here, uh, be not drunk with wine. Don't, don't, be, don't be controlled with uh, something such as alcohol. And by the way, there's other things you can be filled with that will affect you and influence your life in a, in a negative way as well. Don't be filled with anger. Uh, don't be filled, that you ought not to be filled with lust. There's things that uh, we ought not to be filled with. Anything that our life is filled with cannot help but influence our life either in a positive way or a negative way, depending upon what we are filled with. Now, the Holy Spirit filling influences our life in a positive way to the glory of God. That is because the fruit that the Holy Spirit manifests. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, guess what? His fruit is going to be manifested in your life. What is the fruit of the Spirit? Well, we know Galatians 5, and 23, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Listen, you know, there's no law against having love, is there? 
No law against joy. No law against peace. There's no law against these things that are listed there. That's because the Holy Spirit gives us those good things. And when He fills our life, our life will manifest that fruit of the Spirit. His fruit will be manifest in our life. So the Holy Spirit desires to fill us. The Holy Spirit desires to empower us. The Holy Spirit empowers us, Acts 1.8, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. So uh, we see the, the Holy Spirit. What a blessed, blessed gift that we have, and the justified, all those that are justified, have the gift of the Holy Spirit living within. Then we see, back in our text again, we see the justified have number seven, uh, have deliverance from wrath. Deliverance from wrath. Look at uh, uh, verse number nine and ten. It says, Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Uh, I have no need to fear uh, of uh, judgment in my life. No, no fear of condemnation. And that's because of what Christ has done for me. I've been justified and that's delivered me from the wrath, all wrath, all judgment. John 3, 18, He that believeth on Him, speaking of Jesus, is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already. 1 Thessalonians 1, 10 talks about even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Look at uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. I think this is the last place we'll have you turn to other than turning back to our text. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5 and look at verse number 9. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 9 For God hath not appointed us to wrath. Aren't you great? I'm glad that that, that is uh, in the scripture. Aren't you glad that we're not appointed to wrath but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ? So who died for us that whether we Wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together, edify one another, even as also ye do. Now, uh, we know that uh, we may, we may uh, face some tribulation in this life from those that don't know the Lord. But you know, we're never going to face tribulation or wrath from God uh, on our part. Uh, uh, we know that there's a coming period called the tribulation period. That's going to be the wrath of God poured out on this earth. Uh, and that's not going to be where we're going to be at. Okay? Well, that's why I believe in a, one of the reasons why I believe in the pre-trib rapture is that we will be taken out because we've not been appointed to wrath but to obtain salvation through our Lord. Uh, yes, we will face tribulation during our life here, but we're not going to face the tribulation. Now, back in our text again, we notice the last thing, and that is the justified joy in God. The justified joy in God. Look at verse number 11. It says, And not only so, uh, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus, by whom we have now received the atonement. Now, joy here, that, that word joy 
means literally to boast. To boast. We boast in God. (laughs) Joy comes through the the Lord Jesus Christ by whom we have now received the atonement. And it comes from seeing the other seven benefits and having those other seven benefits in our life. Think about peace with God, access to God, hope for Christ's return, triumph in trouble, the love of God, the Holy Spirit, deliverance from wrath. Well, it just makes you want to say, well, glory to God, amen? It makes you boast in God, what God has done for us. Now, the question tonight in closing is, are you a partaker of the benefits? Are you a partaker of them? Uh, Have you been justified by faith? Uh, Because if you're not justified by faith, uh, those benefits are not yours. And if you are justified by faith, are you appropriating all these benefits that we've shared with you that are available to you? I trust that that God will take and uh, encourage you in these difficult days that we live, that we know that uh, the closer we get to the Lord Jesus Christ coming back, the the more tribulation that there's going to be, the more uh, that uh, folks are, the evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived, as Paul told Timothy. Uh, But praise God, we have uh, helped through all of that. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for 